Thank you for downloading this podcast of Andy's Movie Mashup from GFM 107.1. For rights reasons, the music has been removed, so it's just me talking. Enjoy. Now, that was the rather wonderful Katie Lang with a track called Love Affair. That is from the soundtrack to Twister, uh, which you might remember way back from the day. Uh, welcome to another movie mashup on GFM 107.1. On this week's show, only two movies this week because I have no internet at home, so I'm not able to get um, new releases. Uh, but these are Netflix uh, releases. Um, so, looking at a movie called Hold the Dark, which is the latest from um, uh, film director Jeremy Saunier. The last thing he made was Green Room which I really liked. There's actually a good robot and his podcast all about that. And a movie called Jim and Andy, The Great Beyond, uh, which is uh, came out last year on Netflix. And it's a movie all about uh, the making of the movie Man in the Moon um, that uh, starred Jim Carrey. It's about his immersive technique of channeling the spirit of Andy Kaufman, who was the central character of that film. So those are the two films this week. Uh, also, um, movies that are on um, TV this weekend, what's on at Strode and Wales Film Centre. Some news about next year's uh, Wales Festival of Film. And some DVD picks. Some news about The Good Robot and his podcast. It's all the usual things, isn't it? Anyway, here's some more music. This is also from... Uh, this is also from Twister. Because I thought it had a good soundtrack. This is Alison Krauss and Union Station with moments like this. Uh, now, you aren't listening to Magic FM, uh, but that is uh, that was Deuce Newton, the improbably named Deuce Newton, with um, Angel of the Morning. That's from the soundtrack, and in fact, the opening titles to Deadpool. Um, amazingly, I think they outdid themselves with the opening titles to uh, Deadpool 2, the sort of fake um, faux Bond titles that they used for that. And before that was um, Alison Krauss with moments like this, from the soundtrack to Twister. Okay, first movie this week is a movie called Hold the Dark. It's a 2018 American thriller film directed by Jeremy Saunier from a screenplay by Macon Blair. It is based upon the novel of the same name by William Giraldi and it stars Jeffrey Wright, Alexander Skarsgård, James Badgedale, Riley Keough, Tantu Cardinal, Irene Bidell and Julian Black Antelope. So this is brand new. Um... It was purchased by Netflix, uh, I think, for worldwide release. Uh, so I watched this just this week. Um, and the, the synopsis is that it's in December 2004, wolf expert Russell Corr, played by Jeffrey Wright, a retired naturalist, is summoned to a small village called Kilut in the Alaskan wilderness to hunt down wolves blamed for the disappearance and presumed, presumed deaths of three small children. So Medora Sloan, played by Riley Keough, whose six-year-old son Bailey was the third child to go missing, wants to kill the wolves responsible. Her husband Vernon, played by Alexander Skarsgård, meanwhile, is serving in the military in Iraq. So, um, you may know Jeffrey Wright from playing uh, in the um, Daniel Craig Bond movies. He plays Felix Leiter. So we first saw him in... Uh, Casino Royale. I think he's one of America's greatest, uh, what what you would might call a character actor, or you know, an actor who doesn't usually play a lead, but you know, plays 
significantly different characters each time. Here he is very much the leading person in this film. Um, and uh, so the action takes place in Alaska, which is um, both beautiful and bleak. There's some gorgeous um, wide shots of the Alaskan wilderness in this film. Uh, also very bleak place to grow up um, or to live in terms of how harsh the weather is and how bleak the prospects are for you if you're growing up there. Uh, but he arrives there uh, nominally to um, investigate the... Um, not investigate the disappearance so much, because that's not really his job, but to try and find the wolves responsible. However, what he finds is that he's pretty sure that the wolves aren't responsible and there might be something far darker and disturbing going on in this town. I can't really give anything else away about that. Um, but he is uh, supported in his quest by James Badgedale, who is the local sheriff, who I've seen in movies before and thought he was okay, but here he's on very good form indeed. Um, and Riley Keough and uh, Alexander Skarsgård, who... Um, who is uh, on fine, creepy form in this film, channeling very much his his father, Stellan Skarsgård's spirit as kind of um, intense leading man. I think that Sk Alexander Skarsgård does do that very well, but I think in this film it really is pushed to the fore that he is intense leading man. He's got that written all over him. Um, so if you've seen... Uh, either of Jeremy Saunier's previous efforts that I've talked about, I think I've talked about both of them on this show. So there was one called uh, Green Room and another, oh, that I now forget the name of. That's terrible, isn't it? It's because I'm talking about something else. Uh, it'll come to me in a minute. But um, uh, so Green Room was the story of uh, uh, young punk rockers being stuck in the wilderness and being set upon by Nazis. And his previous movie was a story of vengeance in which um, actor Macon Blair, who wrote the screenplay for Hold the Dark, uh, gets involved in, you know, a story of vengeance. But it's not, you know, it doesn't pan out in the way that you might think it will. Um, and Hold the Dark, indeed, probably, you know, I don't think it did pan out the way I thought it would. It, but what it is, is relentlessly downbeat. Um, it's quite grim. It is quite disturbing in places. Uh, it reminded me very much of the work of um, David Cronenberg in that it has a chilly execution to it, if that makes sense. Uh, sort of early Cronenberg works. I'm talking about stuff before he made The Fly, although The Fly is quite a chilly movie. Um, maybe stuff like The Dead Zone. You know, it has that kind of tone to it, which is, you know, I think a good thing. I think that, you know, Cronenberg when he was on, on form, was a fantastic filmmaker. Um, some critics have described Hold the Dark as a misstep for Jeremy Saunier. Um, I can see why they would say that. I think that the narrative is maybe not quite as strong as his previous work, but I still think it's a really, really fine piece of work, Hold the Dark. Um, I think Jeffrey Wright gives a really nuanced performance as a man who is faced with some realities in this town that he'd rather not think about, but he does get embroiled in things and he does, you know, take responsibility to try and finish what he started, I would say. Um, uh, it's really good. Yeah, it's really good, I think. Uh, but as I said before, disturbing, 
It's got a chilly tone to it. It may not be for everyone, I would say. Yeah, I would say that is definitely true. Um, it was, but it received generally positive reviews. Um, Rotten Tomatoes has given it a 67% rating. Um, with the consensus reading, its unsettling aesthetic offers more of what filmgoers expect from director Jeremy Saunier, and it's often enough to prop up shaky narrative underpinnings. Yeah, some of it is a bit shaky. Um, it's certainly not as lean and mean as Green Room, or indeed as the previous movie that I'm still struggling to remember what it was called. I'll have to look it up in a moment. Uh, but I really liked Hold the Dark. It's good. Yeah, it's good. Um, and it's rated 15. All right, that was uh, Charles Brown with a track called uh, Please Come Home for Christmas, as if you couldn't figure that out. Before that was Luanne Barton with a track called You'll Lose a Good Thing. They are both from the soundtrack to a movie called Hold the Dark that I talked about just before that. Um, I'm, yeah, I cannot get on the internet to see what the name of uh, Jeremy Saunier's first film was. Uh, so um, maybe I'll talk about that next week if I remember okay next movie this week is a film called uh, Jim and Andy the Great Beyond featuring a very special contractually obligated mention of Tony Clifton or simply Jim and Andy the Great Beyond it's a 2017 American documentary film directed by Chris Smith and the film follows actor Jim Carey as he remains in character as Andy Kaufman during the production of the 1999 film Man on the Moon, directed by Milos Forman. It was released on November 2017, um, sorry, November the 17th, 2017, through the streaming service Netflix. So, this is a documentary. Uh, I think the only person that they speak to um, directly, yeah, the only person they, they speak to on camera in the present day is Jim Carrey. Uh, everybody else is um, is uh, in the footage of Man on the Moon from 1999, so behind-the-scenes footage of the the production. If you've seen that film, you'll know that his performance as um, Andy Kaufman and uh, Andy Kaufman's many alter egos is uncanny. And this film goes some way to try to explain just why it's so uncanny. So... Um, when he's talking to camera, Jim Carrey says that he made a conscious decision to let his personality drift into the background and let, and to let Andy Kaufman's personality and the other personalities like Tony Clifton and Latka from um, Taxi to come to the fore and to be basically in charge. So he never dropped out of character during the production. And we see how trying... That was for other members of the cast, how trying it was for director Milos Forman. Um, Milos Forman made, uh, back in the day, One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest and Amadeus. You know, he's no slouch in the, um, in the movie stakes. Uh, but uh, here, Carey um, is channeling what he thinks Andy Kaufman would have been like to other people. So I've always likened... Um, Kaufman's, you know, comedic performances to kind of art terrorism. So there's a famous account of him uh, doing the entirety of 99 bottles of beer to a paying audience. And although lots of people left, um, the people who stayed said that it, um, at the end, there was a kind of religious euphoria to it because they sat through the whole thing. 
and it just got more and more intense as it went on. Um, he also famously um, got involved in a sort of fake wrestling match. That's a very famous sketch of his and played uh, the character of Latka, who is um, a character that he referred to as a foreign man. I think, I think these days that kind of comedy would not pass muster, but back then it did. And, uh, you know, his, his aim, as he said in Man in the Moon, was to ruin a famous TV show. Uh, but I don't think he did that because the character of Latka became incredibly popular against probably what he thought might was going to happen. Um, the, the movie also talks about Jim Carrey's relationship with his own father and you know, gives his reasons for why he did what he did on that set. Um, this is a really interesting movie. It's an interesting movie about the creative process, about a decision that an actor makes that he thinks might improve his performance to, I would say, the detriment of everybody else around him. Because in one scene, he, uh, whilst he's being made up in, the, in a makeup chair, he takes a boombox into the um, into the makeup uh, trailer and puts music that is so especially loud that it cannot be comfortable for other people in that trailer to listen to it, or nor nor even for him. But this is all part of the Andy Kaufman, you know, art as terrorism kind of thing. Um, and people are some people are having a hard time with it, you know, but there are people on set. Uh, people like Danny DeVito and um, Judd Hirsch, who were both in Taxi and play supporting roles in Man on the Moon, Man on the Moon, who say that Jim Carrey's performance is uncanny. You know, he really is exactly like Andy Kaufman was back then. So, yeah, it's a really interesting movie. I think that if you have an interest in filmmaking, you have an interest in acting, this is um, an example of how one person went about it. Uh, whether it's right or wrong or not, don't know. It doesn't. It, the film doesn't make that judgment, and it, but it asks you. Maybe you should make that judgment, and I'm not sure I can, because I think that his performance in the film is outstanding, and it, and that worked for him. But as I said, it is to the detriment of everything else around him that it works. But maybe that's the whole point of who Andy Kaufman was. That everything he did was to the detriment of everybody else around him. Anyway. I liked it, and it's uh, it's rated. Oh, my computer's gone to sleep. Uh, uh, it's rated fifteen on Rotten Tomatoes. It has a rating of ninety-seven percent, uh, with the consensus reading. Um, actually, though no, there isn't one, but the Guardian said. Um, he believes director Chris Smith did not quite succeed in knitting all the elements of an inquiry into the madness behind fame, art, performance, and the issue of when a joke has gone too far. But it's still an extremely watchable movie and was marvellously entertaining. Um, yeah, okay, that's fair. I think that... But I'm not sure, really sure it's Chris Smith's job in this case to make a judgment call. I think it's up to us to decide. Or at least that's, that's how I felt about it. Anyway, I'm going to play a couple of tracks from the soundtrack... Uh, first up, this is a famous one from the movie. You may have seen, uh, if you've seen any clips of the film, then this features large in them. Uh, this is the Mighty Mouse theme, uh, which uh, Andy Kaufman mimes along to. Okay, let's take a look at some DVD picks. Those, these are things that are out right now and will be out next week. And uh, first up, we've got Book Club, which have pretty good reviews. Um, Hereditary, 
which seemed to split critics and audiences alike. Um, this is the movie with Tony Collette, a uh, horror movie, um, in which, um, in fact, on Mark Comer and Simon Mayo's um, film programme, uh, there was a heated discussion between Robbie Collin and Mark Kermode. Uh Robbie Collin very much in the hereditary is good camp and Mark Kermode saying it's not that good. Um, and uh, they, they, I think they agreed to differ, which is probably the right thing to do. Uh, and so, yeah, that is out. And also a movie called Revenge is out, which um, is a sort of gruey, well, bloody horror movie. Which I'll probably watch. I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure I will watch Hereditary and I'm sure I will be maybe annoyed bit by it or maybe I'll love it. Who knows? It seems like it's one or the other. Um, what other news do I have? Yes, um, there is no new Good Robot Annie's podcast. The last one in our 30 best horror movies of the 20th century was two weeks ago, I think. And I'm now struggling to think about what I talked about on that one. Um, oh yes, we mentioned The Silence of the Lambs was one of them. Uh, I can't remember the other two because I don't have my list in front of me. But we are recording next week. So, um, although, depending on when this show goes out, that might be, you know, long since gone. Um, Thank you for downloading and listening to this podcast from GFM 107.1. Don't forget that you can follow me on Twitter at cockers underscore 97 and on my Facebook page, which is Andy's Movie Mashup.